This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. This is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. Joining me from the wilds of the south side of Binghamton, Ross Park Zoo, of course. We're talking to Rachel Peppard. Welcome to the program, Rachel. Thank you. Good morning. Well, this is deja vu all over again. <laughs> we, we were re- reminiscing about the old times when, oh, geez, four months ago, you were the first person <laughs> that had to be on Southern Tier Close-Up via telephone. Be- yes. You had been, you were all set to come in that day to record. <laughs> and you said, yep, yep, we're, well, I'll come in. I feel comfortable. Everything hadn't shut down yet. And it was like that morning, or I think it was, was it that morning or the day before? Yeah, something like that. It got the the word from upstairs that said nobody is coming in the building. So here we are. Okay, so now uh, four months later, we were talking. Yeah. We were talking then about what the zoo was going to do. The zoo had not been shut down yet. Which uh, shortly after that program aired, it was among the ones that got the plug pulled on any spring opening plans whatsoever. Now. Uh, it's been a few weeks, a, week, a couple weeks at least, that you guys have done a, a kind of reopening. It's not full-blown throw the gates open to the the animals, meaning the general public, <laughs> meaning the general yeah. public. <laughs> but you guys are now welcoming the general public to see the residents up on Morgan Road in Binghamton. Exactly. So we did open our doors on July 1st. Um, actually, the, the beginning of that week to members only, and then towards the end of the week, um, we did start inviting the public in, and we were so thankful that the weather was cooperative. Um, it was such a beautiful day, and so many people came out to take advantage up of that um, of the of their zoo visit for the season, their first zoo visit of the season. Um, but of course, we had to put in many safety measures, and we had to. You know, put decals on the on the ground, and we put up plexiglass. All of our staff are wearing masks, and you know, it's just important that we follow all CDC, New York State, AZA guidelines to open as safely as possible for the public. <laughs> the animals are sitting there going, "How do you like the shoe on the other foot?" Now you're the ones behind yeah. glass. <laughs> I know, <laughs> um, but unfortunately. Um, Something that came with that is we had to uh, close some of our areas. So as of right now, our penguins and otters are not currently um, on exhibit. It's that we're not able to um, display those um, those animals in a way where the public um, can safely see them in a way. Um, so we had to create a linear path around the zoo. And so um, some buildings, some areas are closed, but um, most of the animals are on exhibit. With the hot weather being around, um, some of the animals prefer the colder weather, so they, they, they have the option to be indoors or outdoors in the, mm. in the weather or the air conditioning. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> I just paid a lot of money for central air to be replaced at my home. <laughs> we won't get into yeah. that. <laughs> but no, I understand the where the the penguins and the otters are that is 
you know, it's kind of a close building to begin with. You go in and you go around, uh, you know, and everybody wants to be in the area where all the windows are to see the multiple levels yeah. and under the water, and you go downstairs and everything. I mean, even with talking about reopening malls, they have to have this pretty uh, space-age filter system for air conditioning and stuff. And then for big facilities like that, that just is unconceivable for a nonprofit like the Ross Park Zoo. Yeah. You have to have that kind of environmental control system, HVAC systems in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're so fortunate that we're an open-air facility. And a lot of people like to come to our park because it's so shaded, too. So even if the weather is... 80, 90 degrees now, still have the nice shade of the tree. Now, one of the things that I noticed with the news release when you folks were just actually laying out plans for opening and then when all this came and it was word was coming through that you were actually under phase four going to be able to welcome people back into the zoo was mm-hmm. that, as you said, not everything is, is normal. So therefore, even the admission fees are not normal. You, you've, yes. you've given so, a little bit of a break. Yeah, we, we did cut the tickets, um, so they're $7 per person. Um, just just because we, we want to kind of reflect the ticket prices with the things that they can and can't see. What about some of the other facilities at at the zoo? For example, can the kids play with the goats? Can you get um, healthy food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, what what's going on with that? Because I mean, that's everything is just excuse the pun a whole different animal as far <laughs> as operations for everything, and especially for things that are bringing in hopefully a lot of people from the general yeah. public. Yeah. So as of right now, our barnyard is closed. Um, we want to make sure that, um, especially with the barnyard, um, with people um, petting the goats and feeding the goats there is a chance of transmission of germs. So we want to keep our staff safe. So as of right now, the barnyard and feeding the animals is closed. Uh, but fingers crossed, um, we, we can get some of these areas open again as soon as we're safely able to do so. What kind of things should the general public bear in mind um, that they are going to be required to do uh, on their visit to the zoo that they might not be used to? Yeah, so like I mentioned, we do have the social distancing decals, and we kind of made them zoo-themed, which is really fun. Um, We have, like, socially distanced, um, like, two scenarius vultures. Their wingspan is, like, up to six, I should say one scenarius vulture, because their wingspan is up to six feet. Six fox, because they're about two feet long. So we we put kind of a, a fun skin. We're, we're losing you a little bit there, Rachel. You, I don't think that your marmoset is running on the exercise wheel fast enough. Can you get closer to the oh, phone? Oh, no. <laughs> I apologize. I am outside, though. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's a little bit better. So you okay. you, you mentioned that there's the wingspan and there's what a, a couple fox lengths or something? Yes, yeah. So we, we, we just put a fun little spin on, on the social distancing decals. But when they come to the zoo, they are required to wear a mask, okay. especially if they can't socially distance and if they um, if they come around any staff and animals. We do require them to wear a mask. And then uh, we do have um, our bathrooms open and available, so we ask that they wash their hands as often as possible. What kind of uh, added burden has this put on the zoo staff? 
obviously the people that take care of the animals directly um, are concerned about their health and the animals' health. But what additional steps have has the zoo had to take concerning staff? Have you had to add staff for cleaning? Have you had to add some extra steps for the staff that normally work there that are things that they don't didn't normally do when they were going in and out of exhibits caring for the animals? Yeah, of course. So our visitor services department is required to go in and uh, clean the bathrooms whenever they have, um, or whenever possible. We do have a schedule set up for them to do so. Um, And then the zookeepers um, from day one have uh, worn their masks, worn um, the gloves, and they've also been put on a rotating schedule for their own safety as well. So there are three three or four zookeepers that always work together on the same days, and they rotate with another group. All right, so you're exposed to the same people and not other people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and then most of the administrative staff, um, we are currently working from home. One of the things that they think people might have remembered early on in this whole thing is the situation at the Bronx Zoo with tigers that had uh, been, they were, it was not the human testing that they were giving, and they weren't going over to the tigers and going, put your head back and we'll do a swab up your nose. Um, <laughs> I think that would not have gone over well. But a couple of the, no. t- some of the tigers had, had contracted a, a version of the coronavirus. Is, is that something that you get questions about? Is that something that has been brought up as far as the local collection? And are you concerned that any of the occupants of the, Ross Park Zoo up on the south side of Binghamton could be uh, that they're being watched more carefully for showing signs of any sort of health issues. Absolutely, yeah. So we are obviously concerned since there was a case in the Bronx Zoo. So we kind of took that as an example and we just ramped up our our efforts to keep everyone safe. So we do have barriers in front of some of the open air exhibits. Um, for example, our howler monkeys, our cougar, um, they all have uh, six-foot barriers in front of them um, on the ground to help the, the public to kind of um, distance themselves from the animals. Because we, we even, even though they're animals, we do want to keep them um, six feet apart from us just in case anything were to be transmitted. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is it was kind of a surprising to to anybody that's like kind of animal savvy or or whatever that if there was going to be a cross transmission between species that it happened between humans and the cats and you would have thought it would have been the primates that would have been the ones that would have been the the bigger concern yeah so primates are are like the top of the list um just because we actually on a daily basis before this pandemic even started the, the zookeepers were wearing masks and gloves. Um, I've that's, seen that's that. Just, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just how they, they do their job. And because uh, transmitting diseases between humans and primates is so prevalent. So we, we already were taking those steps with the primates. It was just the fact that the big cats, it, it just blew everyone out of the water mm. um, for transmitted to a big cat. Um, so we, we wanted to make sure that we knew exactly kind of what was going on. And, well, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't, they didn't really know how it went to a big cat. But we wanted to make sure that we were set and ready from our end at the Ross Park Zoo to make sure that our big cats and our staff were safe. 
I want, I want to make sure we don't lose you again there, Rachel. Um, when I want to get in what we've got going on. A lot of people have uh, been kind of frustrated by the fact that they were locked inside for so long they're allowed to get out now, but a lot of the stuff that their kids have enjoyed over the summer months are not happening. What is going on? Because I know that uh, summer camps are one of the things that a lot of not-for-profits uh Robertson and up at the uh, Kopernik and everything, those were all things that people looked forward to. And sometimes we're, we're talking about not being able to have face-to-face things. What's going on with the zoo? Yeah, so we did unfortunately have to cancel our zoo school program. We just didn't think that it was going to be up to par with previous years. So we decided to uh, start these zoo school boxes. So parents, grandparents, guardians can go right to RossParkZoo.org and order their children a zoo school box, which includes educational materials and fun crafts for the kids to do. That sounds like fun for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, they don't have to know that I'm, you know, there's a, a six in my age. Let's put it that way. Does that help? <laughs> Something else is exciting at the zoo. Uh, before we get to the, the new the new additions, uh, it, was the zoo able to do anything virtually for people that, well, the, it was shut down? And are there things online that people can find out about Ross Park Zoo still? Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, on RossParkZoo.org our ZooU page. So I was busy at work um, with my colleague putting together fun educational videos and also craft videos um, for for families and children to do. Um, on June 11th, we had a baby Jeffroy's marmoset born. This is the second baby born at the zoo to mom uh, Maxine and Clark. The baby is currently on exhibit. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet just because it's hard to determine at su- such a young age. And uh, the, the, fam- the entire family is responsible for taking care of the baby. So when you come to visit the zoo, you might be able to see um, the baby on exhibit, but you never know which uh, family member he's going to be latched on to. Well, it's great to hear that you're back in business. Uh, real quick, uh, phone number for maybe information, and again, the websites for people to find out more about Ross Park Zoo. Yep, it's rossparkzoo.org, or you can give us a call at 724-5461. Thanks for being my guest. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. Views expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of this station, its staff, management, or news department. Comments can be submitted to the Southern Tier Close-Up, care of the Town Square Media Group, P.O. Box 414, Binghamton, New York, 13902. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. very attached to. It gives you a